Welcome back, Agile for Life community. We are excited to be able to talk to you again today. Our conversation today is going to be about emotional control. Emotional control as a critical factor for agility in our lives, both personally and professionally. This is sometimes referred to professionally as emotional regulation. Important disclaimer, we are not real psychologists. (laughs) No, we are not. (laughs) We are not. We just play them on this podcast. So take it for what it's worth. But we did quote some people and do some research and people who have real training in this particular discipline. According to some real researchers in the field, Cole, Michael, and Teddy, emotional regulation is, and this is a long quote, so I'm going to try to break it down a little bit, (laughs) the ability to respond to the ongoing demands of experience with the wide range of our emotions in a manner that is socially tolerable and sufficiently flexible to prevent spontaneous reactions as well as the ability to delay spontaneous reactions as needed. Wow. That's a mouth. mouth. Yeah. I'm like taking notes. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Let's break this down. <clears throat> All right. We're, we're, we're going to prepare for the lecture now. <laughs> Students, please get out your notebooks. There's a lot packed in there, but I, I think it's some really, really good stuff. And I think it relates very well to Agile. Absolutely. I don't know if you picked up like, yeah, the, the word um, sufficiently flexible, spontaneous reactions, but that has to be balanced out with <clears throat> being socially tolerable. In other words, we can't do things um, based on our emotions that irritate people to the extent that they either want to break relationship with us or maybe get us fired. So that's... Right. Not, not at all a helpful thing. No. No. Oh, oh, oh I, w- I wanted to sound a little bit smart today. So I looked up like real big words. I don't think I'm going to say them correctly. The principal parts of the brain that facilitate emotional control are the, get ready, wait, wait for this, mm-hmm. the orbital prefrontal con- cortex, oops, almost got that wrong, the ventral medial prefrontal cortex, I cannot say these things, the dorsal teral prefrontal cortex, the amygdala, and the anterior cingulate cortex. Are you impressed? lots of words. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm emotionally regulating right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah, I hope you got all that. There's going to be a quiz when this is over. I know you're over there taking notes. (laughs) Yeah. Unless the quiz is what causes emotional deregulation in your life, in which case we'll skip it. And then I'll say big words. <laughs> blah, 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 big, big words. Well, obviously there are people that are far smarter than us that are studying all of this to understand how it all works, but we need to be beneficiaries of the fruits of their labor because the yeah. ability to control our emotions is very important um, at home and Absolutely. at work. Yep. Absolutely. You know, uh, the, the first thing I, I thought of well, actually, there was two initial things um, because that's how my brain works. But uh, you know, two trains taking off at once simultaneously. But <laughs> there was the <laughs> getting closer and closer to merging together, right? Well, there was the the socially tolerable part where, where mm. you said socially tolerable, and it kind of made me laugh because I, I I think about myself and my evolution over the years. I mean, you you know me, and mm-hmm. I don't typically hold back. Um, no. <laughs> But over the years, I've gotten better at um, making my responses uh, Mm -hmm. still in line with how I feel, but be a little more tolerable socially. So Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was interesting, you know, just as far as like, as we as we age, as we mature, you know, some people are better at this at an early age uh, than than others, right? (laughs) Um, So that was my first thought. But then my second thought was, um, 
also kind of about um, my evolution. And I remember whenever I uh, first started working in uh, information technology and I was, you know, leading projects, you know, I was, I was a project manager. Um, and I remember the stress associated with, uh, projects going quote unquote red, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just by putting like the color or even the (laughs) word up there would like just send you quietly underneath the hood into overdrive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you know, because you know, if, if, if any of our listeners have ever been in that position to where your project you're managing or you're on has moved from green all of a sudden to red no idea how it skips yellow but you know Mm -hmm. it's just does somehow i guess you you, you're hopeful until you're not i guess uh (laughs) you're hopeful until you're looking for a new job (laughs) yeah and then you know that those the questions that immediately come up is you know how did we not know this was happening right right and and i remember feeling so stressed you know my my emotional regulation with that was not um, coming from a place of, uh, you know, peace, I guess. Stability. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like, oh my gosh. And, you know, when I stressed out, the whole team stressed out. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, which which is, isn't isn't helping regulate their emotions either, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I think we think that uh, others don't perceive it. And yeah. even if it's on a subconscious level, uh, we see this at home, you know, our mm-hmm. kids can perceive the emotional stability, the the stress levels or the lack thereof, and <laughs> yeah. it creates peace or or not, right? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, you know, that's a that's a good point. I mean, my my kids know when I'm stressed because I do certain things. I know you, you nobody can see me, but one of the things that I do when I'm stressed is I I tap my fingers together. Oh yeah. And um just, you know, one at a time, but I do I do each of them, you know, three or four times and my kids know uh-huh. mom is stressed. And uh-huh. so that's something they brought up to me before. They're like, "Mom, are you stressed?" I'm like, uh-huh. "Why do you think I'm stressed? Like you're tapping your fingers." <laughs> Like, oh. I, I would like to play poker at some point together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to look under the table because I'll move my hands under the table. Uh huh. Yeah, you have no other tells, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure I do. Let me throw out uh, four areas where this emotional control or lack thereof can have an impact and get your thoughts on these. So yeah. I'll go through all four of them, just naming them off, and then we'll go back and you can kind of give us some thoughts about them. One would be decision making. Uh, Another is relationship success. A third is day-to-day interactions. And a fourth is self-care, so physical and mental health. So it's not just about the emotional regulation, but it's the way in which it impacts our decisions, our relationships, our interactions, and ourselves. What do you think about that? I 100% agree (laughs) because... That's good um, because I'm just quoting people. I love it at the beginning. You're like, we read some things, we researched some stuff, and now here it is. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but, um, Scholar in a bottle. You know, and it's interesting because, um, you know, when you're stressed, you know, and I'm thinking emotional regulation, like if you're if you're stressed, that's okay, but it's how you regulate those responses, right? It's how yep. you regulate the, the way that you react to stress because I think stress is part of our everyday life. I mean, for, for everybody, it doesn't matter who you are. It does impact your decision-making and the success of your relationships because if you're, if you're feeling stressed and you're not regulating that stress, um, you might react in a way uh, with a relationship, your, your child, your mother, your wife, your 
friend, whoever, um, coworker, boss, uh, in a way that, that isn't, um, socially tolerable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think there's this interesting relationship between emotions and behavior. And oftentimes I think we conflate the two when they really are separate from each other. So an example that came to my mind was you're driving down the road, you're on the highway and somebody comes flying by you at 110 miles an hour and kind of pulls in front of you in your lane and scares you to death. Mm, And we get from like scared to angry in like Mm. 0.5 nanoseconds. Yeah. And so we think the first uh, emotion that we're experiencing is anger when it's really not. There was a fear that came in. And then I think if I'm being honest with myself, there's probably a little bit of embarrassment that comes from the fear that came in. And then I get to anger. But like, I don't subdivide those things. I The first thing I really feel is, is the anger, but I got to back it up and, and see how did I get to that place of anger. And that helps me to deal with the anger. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so there's been times in my life where I've, I've dealt with some pretty heavy things. Um, and it, it's like a, a one of the, one of my like tricks, I guess, to to help me ground myself. You know, one of my grounding techniques is to. I, I love writing, um, mm-hmm. and so for me, I, I'll ask. I, I literally will write questions like in a journal, and I'll ask the questions to myself. And it's like, how are you feeling? And then I write all of my feelings. If I'm feeling sad and mad and and angry and confused, I write all those things down. And then I, mm-hmm. I dissect each of them. Okay, why are you feeling sad? Mm-hmm. And then I, I keep asking myself, okay, but why why did that make you sad? You know, right. why, why did that happen? How did that happen? Where were you when that happened? Yeah. Um, because then, you know, when I get to the bottom of it, I realize that what I was thinking I was feeling mm-hmm. was something entirely different. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. I totally know what you mean. And I also think that we have to have a healthier understanding of these emotions, right? It's pretty common for us to mock feelings. Uh, oh, absolutely. You know, I'm going to like start diving into song again. Feelings, misty colored, <laughs> something of our lives, blah, blah, blah. You know, and we, we you know, and, and how many sketches, uh, comedy scenes have been done, laying down on the couch. How do you feel about that? Yeah, and everything else. Yeah. And, and so all that does is it, it, it makes it socially unacceptable to think about what emotions we're feeling. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a problem because going back to those four areas where it can positively or negatively impact things, I think making good decisions is important. Having yeah. good relationships is essential. Interacting with people and then, of course, taking care of ourselves physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, all those different ways that we need to practice self-care. And if emotions are underpinning the ability to do those things well, we better get better at dealing with emotions, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's kind of this um, circular relationship, if you think about it, because if something goes wrong in one of your relationships, right? Mm -hmm. So something happens, you get into a fight or whatever, uh, that's going to impact your emotions, Mm -hmm. which is going to impact your self-care, right? You might be so sad about whatever that situation is that you can't eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Well, that's actually never happened for me, but <laughs> I have other I have other reactions. <laughs> well, okay, and you're right. <laughs> Some people might react in another way. So I have this quote actually that I I read I read this just two days ago. So it's interesting that you brought this topic up. Um, so this quote is by uh, Young Pueblo, and it says, "Your immediate reaction does not tell you who you are." It is how you decide to respond after the reaction that gives you real insight into how much you have grown. 
your first reaction is your past. Mm. Your intentional response is your present. Yeah. No, that's a really, really uh, good quote to set up the, the next aspect uh, that I want to talk a little bit about here. Mm. Going back to people who actually study this for a living, in a mm -hmm. peer-reviewed article that's on Healthline.com, and I'll post the link for it in the show notes, Crystal Raypole lays out a variety of ways to help achieve healthy emotional balance. And we're not going to go through everything that she writes about today, but I wanted to talk about just a few of them that I think could be helpful for us, for you and I as we process, and then for our listeners as well. Yeah. The first one is uh, learning to identify what emotions you're experiencing. And I think that was inherent in the quote that you just read. What do you think about that? Uh, how do we better identify the emotions that we're experiencing? I mean, I really think, um, you know, obviously the, the simple and short answer is like being in tune with yourself, but how do you get there? Because I think a lot of times we're so out of sync with mm -hmm. our own selves because um, there's so much stimuli in the world around us. There's so mm -hmm. many people that want to tell us how we should feel. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not the reality more often than not. Yeah. Um, so I, I think asking yourself those questions, but also really knowing what those uh, feelings mean, right? Like, right. does anger mean that I do X or does mm -hmm. it mean I feel a certain way? You know what I mean? Right. Like, and, and okay, how, how do you dig into that? Because, you know, people say, well, it's your choice to, to be angry. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, ang anger is an emotion. Uh, right. <laughs> and, and you're right. It's probably not the first emotion, right? I did actually um, talk to somebody about that not that long ago, and they were able to validate their a uh, grad student in, in psychology and uh, sociology, sorry. The, they were able to validate this idea, though, that you that anger is oftentimes the secondary emotion. Yeah. So there's something that comes before it. Right. But we have to learn how to dissect it, right? Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think asking, you know, this is actually a concept I learned in a class I took recently, but uh, the five whys. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I, I feel angry because this jerk cut me off, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, well, why do you feel angry? Yeah. Well, because he, he almost made me wreck. Right. <laughs> you I know mean, what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, that, that I think most of us have experienced it at least once uh, in our life. Some may be uh, less emotionally volatile than, than others, but we all understand what that's like. But you put it into a work context for a minute and, you know, somebody does something and it inhibits your ability to accomplish your job and all of a sudden they are inhibiting your ability to be successful uh, or, or maybe setting you up for failure. And we're going to get emotional, whether we verbalize it or not. Right. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And I think for me, that's harder than like the, the road rage stuff. Um, yeah. Someone cutting me off. Uh, I actually like never really use my horn unless someone's like maybe setting at a, a stop sign or something for like 40 seconds, you know, and then I might like do a little like beep, you know, but I, I am not a horn honker. I, I do call people names, but, um, <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah. Cause that's, that's better. That's more socially tolerable, <laughs> but they can't hear me. Right. Um, but the names are like you, you dad blasted weirdo. You know what I mean? Like it's you, a anyway. purple cow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, but you know, at work though, that is harder for me because I have this ego associated mm. with it right because mm -hmm. it's part of it's part of my identity it's part of i mean it's part of who i am and, yep. and i take a lot of pride in my job right um so yeah that that is that is harder for me i have to really like calm myself down exactly because it's never going to go away we're, right. we're never going to be in a work environment ever uh where 
there's not this kind of potential conflict, which is going to raise up these emotions. And so <laughs> yeah. how do we deal with them in the most healthy way? That brings me maybe to the second point that they call out, uh, that Raypole calls out, learning to regulate, not repress. How does that strike you? Oh, that's good. Because with repression, you're just pushing it down, right? Mm -hmm. You're not dealing with it. You're just sleeping under the rug, trying not to think about it, which- You are setting up the eventual volcano <laughs> eruption. <laughs> right, which is, yeah, I mean, like a boil under the skin, right? I mean, yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to explode. Um, <laughs> that's so disgusting. Uh, but... Yeah, th thank you for that particular <laughs> illustration. We'll uh, all be thinking about that yeah, all everyone's week. everyone's like, oh, God, it's a boil under the skin. Okay, you said it um, twice now. Moving I on. Yeah. I know. I had to. It's like really solidifies <laughs> it, sends it home. Uh-huh. But with, with, you know- you know, dealing with it whenever, whenever you actually address those things, you learn how to navigate those things for the future, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if if I learn in this moment some tactical skills to help regulate my emotional response, right. then in the future, if something like that happens again, because it will, this is life. We deal with people, yep. <laughs> you know. I I will be able to go back to that and say, okay. It might not be the exact same situation, but how did I manage my feelings of, um, you know, anger or feeling disrespected or whatever? How, right. how did I how did I deal with that, and how can I utilize that for this situation? Yeah, no, absolutely. So we don't want to stuff it all down. Uh, we've right. been told for years that that's terrible, and we don't want to eat it all out or whatever the other things are. I mean, even when you know exercise can be a healthy thing, but there are people that overdo it because oh, you know, that's just how they're burning off all their stress and they can physically hurt themselves through that. So a lot, of, a lot of things to think about there about how do we regulate. Part of that regulation is the third point that comes up in that article, which is knowing how to express yourself, when to express yourself, and with whom to express yourself. So I think those are some really important things that we need to think about whether it's at home or, or at work, how do we express ourselves? What do we say? What do we not say? We're not hiding things. We're not shoving it down, but we need to say it in a particular way that's, that's helpful. Uh, when do we do that, right? Maybe immediately isn't the right time to deal with a particular thing because your emotions mm -hmm. are still kind of boiling underneath of the surface. And then who do you go and talk to about that? Ideally, you talk to the person that caused those emotions to come up in the first place, but you might need some help. Like you might have a, a mentor, uh, that you go and you say, hey, this situation occurred, not talking about the person individually, but it, it happened and uh, I need some help thinking this through. So yeah. before I go and talk to somebody, any thoughts about the how, when, and with whom? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. And, you know, one of the things that you um, alluded to that you didn't really like, put a term on, which is the temporary uh, temporary repression. So right. it's not like repress it and repress it forever. Right. It's repress it temporarily. Uh, until you can um, think through the situation logically and address it with logic rather than full, fully and solely emotion. Um, mm -hmm. But then when you go back to the how, when, and who, you know, that makes me think at, you know, at our, our jobs, 
uh, one of my favorite ceremonies in the Agile world is right. retrospectives. Yep. Um, you knew what I was going to say, didn't you? I did. I did. <laughs> I think every podcast you've used the word retrospective at least it, once. I know. <laughs> I know. And I tell everybody, like, I love retrospectives. If you ever want me to run them for you, I will. Um, <laughs> but the reason why they're so important to me, though, is is because I am someone that I want to be a better version of myself later today than I was this morning or tomorrow than I was today uh, because I feel like we are in this world only for a you know short time uh, right. compared to you know so many other things like trees for example yeah. um, <laughs> and well depending on the tree but anyway glaciers yeah <laughs> glaciers yes um, and I I want to not just enjoy life, but I want to make a positive impact on the people around me. And I can't yeah. do that if I'm not focusing on bettering myself. So um, back to the retrospective, though, you know, it really addresses the how, when, and who. Um, right. Because in a retrospective, one of the things that you should do is really lay the groundwork of this is not a name calling match. This is not us pointing fingers. This is meant to better the team and those around us. So if we can't frame the conversation in that way, then we really shouldn't be having the conversation, right? I like where you're going with this on the retrospectives. And, you know, this could be applied in so many different contexts. There's a phrase that runs around uh, quite a lot, particularly in organizational dynamics, team dynamics, and that's the idea of psychological safety. And so I think yeah. what you just described there, you know, in that retrospective, this has to be a psychologically safe place where you can yeah. express your thoughts, your feelings, your concerns, so that everybody gets better at what they're doing. And that could be, you know, parent, children, spouses, work, teams, whatever else, you know, yeah. we need to have the ability to talk openly without fear of retribution, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's, you know, one of those, I know we've talked a lot about boundaries too, but it's, it's one of those things where the team has to come together and create that as a safe space. They mm -hmm. have to set that boundary and say, these are the expectations and even outside of a, a team, you know, mm -hmm. a, a working team, um, you know, even in your family and again, you know, kind of pulling from your experience with marriage counseling, but I mean, that's something that married couples should mm -hmm. be focused on is let's discuss these things in a safe way, not mm -hmm. no name calling, no, like bringing up the past 10 years and throwing it at, at each other, you know, um, right. because that happens so often in a lot of us, I can't say all of us, but a lot of us don't don't grow up with um, exposure to safely expressing our emotions mm -hmm. and feelings. Yeah, no, I I'm glad you brought that out, and and I think probably our minds naturally go toward the the emotions that tend to trigger negative behaviors, but there's also emotions that we normally associate as good things like joy, for instance, elation, yeah. uh, that also can end up leading us down a bad path, right? If yeah. I get a right uh, retail therapy, if I get a yeah. jolt, you know, from going out and buying stuff, I remember many years ago, this was like the home shopping network, you know, and people are just like, have a constant stream of things. Now it's Amazon. Sorry, Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, all this stuff coming, uh, I, I bought a new this, I bought a new that, uh, I'm not making good decisions. I'm doing it in order to help regulate my emotions. And that's not good, right? Right. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And, and you're right. I mean, there, there's, I, I know I was kind of focused on the negative emotions, um, but even regulating your positive emotions is really important too, because, um, you know, I, I can think of examples of times that I've been very excited about things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that overexcitement really turns people off. You know, they're like, oh gosh, you are like way too excited. And, you know, sometimes it has has the effect that I would like it to have, which is genuine excitement. Mm-hmm. But some people aren't as excited about <laughs> agile or, you know, going and, and, you know, hiking or, you know, whatever the things are that, that bring me joy. So I, I like that you, you know, called that out because that's, that's a good point. That's a really good point. And I hadn't thought about that until now. So did we just double job. good point each other? We wow. did double good. <laughs> right. We did. Oh high fives gosh. right yeah, through high the screen. Woo. Yeah, that's great. Now, the thing I like about it is we have to take into consideration the emotions of other people and how they respond to things as well. Because you and I tend to walk into the room as cheerleaders. You know, we're yeah. <laughs> we're pretty we passionate. Do. We're emotional. Right. We're excited about, about this stuff. And that's fine. But I don't think everybody necessarily receives that in the way in which it is conveyed. Uh, and so we need to think about, okay, how does this person process? How, what kind of an emotional person is it? Mm-hmm. Which there's also a lot of talk about this in the workplace environments, the idea of emotional intelligence or the yep. EQ, you know, the emotional quotient. How good at, am I or you or any of us at reading the emotions of another individual so that we can relate to them in a manner that is effective based on their kind of emotional makeup as opposed mm-hmm. to ours? Thoughts? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, as a as an agile coach, I think that's one of the things that you should be decently good at mm-hmm. um, being able to read the room, being able to read, uh, you know, someone's interest level or involvement. And I, I've thought over the years that I was pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I also realized there's this aspect of each and every one of us that sometimes we project our own emotions on to other people. Absolutely. You know, an example I have is with my own son. And I remember, you know, someone was saying something to him. It was a joke or they were saying it was a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought the joke was uh, was offensive. And so I took him aside. Go ahead. And, and how did that make you feel? <laughs> yeah, not exactly. You knew exactly where I was going. Right. I heard I heard you breathe and you, I knew you wanted to say something. <laughs> so I, I took him aside and I said, um, how did that make you feel? Yes, you knew yeah. it. And he was like, fine. And I'm like, oh, well, I would have been offended by that. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, you're not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, but he would tell me, I mean, he would tell me if he was offended and, he, and yeah. he genuinely was not offended because to him, that was just a funny joke. And so the, the point being is you have to be very careful um, with your uh, understanding of someone else's emotions and really ask before you respond. <laughs> right. Well, and I think as we get ready to kind of wrap up here for today, one of the last things that I'd like to think about for just a minute or two is the idea, and and tell me if you disagree here, but I think that while some people are more naturally bent toward being good at emotional intelligence at at EQ, that it is a skill that you Mm -hmm. can develop and grow like a muscle. And we can learn uh, different ways to be able to figure out how people are uh, receiving things or communicating things uh, on an emotional level if we just take the time and are willing to do it. Absolutely. And, and having a conversation about it, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I, some, I used to, someone would tell me, oh, I have a test on Thursday or whatever, you know, whatever is going on. And I would immediately respond with, oh gosh, I bet you're nervous or I bet you're feeling this way. And so now I say, and how are you feeling about that? Yeah. 
<laughs> which invites them to tell me so that way I can respond appropriately. Yep. And I think that's at the core of the whole concept. Then when we take it one step further and we connect the idea of my emotional control, my emotional regulation with my ability to make good decisions, uh, mm -hmm. to maintain my relationships, to have healthy interactions, and to take care of myself. Well, that is a very profound concept. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, I'm glad you agree. We're going to stop it there. <laughs> Mariah agreed with Aaron. Stop, Done stop, stop. Yeah, exactly. Well, since we got to that point, let me just say this in conclusion. Our lives are one giant web of relationships at work or at home. We spend the vast majority of our working mm -hmm. hours connecting, relating to other people. Certainly, please find time for yourself, especially if you're one of those awesome introverts. But <laughs> Let's also work on our emotional control because all that stuff happening just beneath the surface has a huge impact on the way that we live our lives personally and professionally. Yeah. Going back to the quote from those real psychological so scholars, uh, emotional mm -hmm. regulation is, quote, the ability to respond to the ongoing demands of experience with the full range of emotions in a manner that is socially tolerable and sufficiently flexible to prevent spontaneous reactions, as well as the ability to delay spontaneous reactions as needed. If any of our listeners happen to be real psychologists and want to add and or correct anything that we have just said today, let us know. We'll have you on. If you are someone who is struggling with your emotions or your general mental health, please reach out to someone. Talk to us, talk to somebody you know and trust. Your personal well-being is far more important than anything else that you do. Yes, mental health is wellness. <laughs> Absolutely. We hope that this podcast has given you some helpful things to think about as we seek to become more agile people in everything that we do. Thank you very much for joining us this week. Be agile, people. Hey, thank you, friends. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.